Hello readers, welcome back to another episode of the A History of Crows podcast. So in today's episode, I'm actually going to continue what I started on a previous episode, which is Spooky Reads Recommendations. And this time it's adult books. So the previous episode, it's yeah books. If you want to check that out, be my guest. And this episode, I'm going to recommend five books. And two of them I read this year and two of them last year. No, three of them last year. So the, the latest, uh, the first book I'm going to recommend is the latest that I've read. I actually talked about it on the books that I've read in August of this year, which is Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. It has a gorgeous pink cover that I'm just obsessed. I love this cover. And this book was actually really creepy to me. It was a book that I had to read. Uh, it was summer, it was sunny, and I was reading in the middle of the afternoon, literally with the sun on the floor, like I, my feet on the sun, and I was having chills of how creepy this book was. And I understand that, you know, creepiness and chilling and just generally, I don't know, being scared or creeped out or whatever from books. Uh, stories in general really they work different for different from different for different people but for me it was pretty chilling pretty creepy um this book was actually compared to the haunting of hill house you know when you sell a book like oh if you like it this and this then you're gonna love this book you know this is a very type a very common type of creating a sort of buzz into a story and most of these recommendations this not recommendation is a comparison i don't know how to say this it's not a blurb but it's just something that comes usually on the cover or on the synopsis of the book and usually i'm very unsatisfied with these comparisons because uh, i it's like sometimes i get to, i get the point of what the probably marketing was thinking in putting that but usually I'm left more annoyed and unsatisfied than actually appreciating this comparison. And in the case of Just Like Home, it's actually the opposite because I did enjoy the fact that it was compared to The Haunting of Hill House. And, and although like it doesn't go in the same direction, you know, this story is its own thing, it's actually uh, one of the few occasions where I can appreciate this marketing choice. And this book is but filled with like complex, flawed, and just fucked up characters. I don't know if I'm gonna have to put uh, um, uh, and that, that, the um, explicit content because I just said fucked up, but whatever. Um, and, and I loved reading about these characters and especially the main character, which is Vera, Vera Crowder. She was uh, sort of summoned back home because her mother is dying. And this is a very common trope in Gothic literature, in horror literature, uh, the person being summoned back home, either because someone has already died or because someone is dying, those two things. And so there's a lot of trauma to unpack from the past, conflicting emotions, uh, usually, like if it's someone who has parents, for example, uh, there's very difficult feelings and uh, it's not a very good relationship, you know, between mother and son or mother and daughter or mother and whatever you, father and daughter, you're getting the point. 
And this book actually focuses a lot on the relationship of Vera with her mother. And I do enjoy reading a lot about motherhood. I have an episode recommending books that talk about motherhood. I'm always picking up these kind of books. And I love when it, when they mix uh, motherhood with like thrillers or horror or I even read a cult book with motherhood in it. It was a cult of motherhood. Uh, just the home. That book is really good. And this is not a book about motherhood like it, per se, but it is about a very abusive and controlling mother. And the mother-daughter relationship is explored to the max, as well as the father-daughter have their own problematics as well. And so you have flashback chapters of when the protagonist was like 12 years old, 13 years old when she was very young. And it helps you get a sense of what it was like for her to be living in this house with her family and why she became the adult that she did because we kind of are shaped by our childhoods, <laughs> which is also something that I really like to read about. And I know that a lot of books I've read recently are marketed as horror, but have few horror elements that I don't even feel like I'm reading a horror book. But like I said, this one is not the case. It was absolutely horrifying. There was some stuff that, oh my God, I, I was just gasping, you know? And it does have like a bit of gore, but not blood per se. It's just other stuff. I, I don't want to say what it is. But this book is very sensorial horror type of book. So you, it details a lot of like smell and vision and hearing. So the descriptions really play with your senses. And one of the reasons why I couldn't read this at night is because when the, when the protagonist goes to bed, she hears stuff under her bed. And I was like, no way I'm going to be reading about things under the bed. And then I'm going to start to imagine there's something under my bed. <laughs> so, it, you know, it was very good. Uh, the whole atmosphere, the sensorial part is so strong. I felt it very deeply. And it was also a type of book that has a little bit of paranormal elements here and there. So like if you if that's not your cup of tea, then maybe you won't enjoy this book as much as I did. But I really did love it. The ending really was sublime to me. It was one of the best parts of the book. And I really just... For me, this book has it all. It was a favorite, five stars and the favorite, and I deeply recommend it. I'm just head over heels over this book. The second book I want to recommend today is a book that I read in January. I actually discussed it a little bit on the episode about my January reads, which was Chasing the Boogeyman by Richard Chismar. This guy is actually friends with uh, Stephen King, if I'm not wrong, and they, I think they actually wrote something together, something like that, but this book uh, did something really original, and I did com comment on that when I said that I had read it, because it's a type of fiction that plays with a sort of true crime thing, so it's not a real true crime, but it's written like it was, so it's I don't, I don't know if it's a genre, but it's definitely a theme that I've seen around. And I'm, I'm actually searching for a book like that after I read this one uh, because I loved it, this concept. So I called it like a fake true crime because it's not actually 
real by it, for the narrative, the way that it's told, you think it is. And another book that I read like that, I remember that I t- talked about it as well, was, uh, what was the name of that book? Every Last Fear by Alex Finley. So the, the, the list actually consists of two. I don't know if I read another after this one, but it just, it everything is made up. But this book is told in a way, it has pictures in it, it's fake. They're actors hired for the pictures. But it looks like you're reading a real true crime book. And it made me so immersed in the story to have it told like that. And also the author kind of mixes up a little bit of his memoir, memo, memories. Like it has a, a tone of a memoir because he discusses a small town and several passages are describing the small community in the late 80s. So it's very transportive. You really feel the place, the mood. And it was a type of a, a book that I was com- completely immersed while I was reading. The writing was so good. And also this one I was reading at night, which was a mistake, much like the one I mentioned in the episode of this book you read, yeah, edition, uh, Horseman, that I was reading at night and I was getting so creeped out. I was like, how am I going to go to bed? And that's why after those experiences, which was back in January, when I came to like August and I was reading just like home, I had learned that I cannot read these kind of things at night because otherwise I won't be going to sleep. <laughs> but proof of how good the book is, how the horror really goes into play. This one is also a favorite and a five stars. And I actually want to say a quote because this book has a very, very strong atmosphere. Like I said, of this small town, 80s, um, I think it's also like a little bit of fall, so it really, it really is the perfect spooky read. It's the perfect read for the fall season. So let me quote this. The wind made you ache in some place deeper than your bones. The sky overhead was layered with rich shades of orange and yellow and purple and red, and a host of swirling colors too beautiful to be named. Naked three branches reached out as you walked past skeletal fingers hungering for your touch, and packs of fallen leaves crunching beneath your wandering feet, their boundless brethren skittering past you in the chill autumn breeze, like miniature ghosts haunting the landscape. Dusks and twilight lingered. Midnights stayed forever. This quote is so good. I really, really love this book. And like I said, I haven't read anything like it. I know I just said Alex Finley, but this one is even better, you know, than the Alex Finley one. And I'm dying to find a new book that is just like this. Like it feels like you're reading a true crime, but it's all made up. So if you have a recommendation like that, please hit me up. Please message me. I need books like this in my life. And do not recommend me House of Leaves because I already know that. And I realize that that I think House of Leaves is like that. I don't know. I have House of Leaves, but I cannot, I cannot go there yet. I'm not ready to read that book just yet. It's too big as well. Anyways, moving on. Third book is one I read last year. It's Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. My first Riley Sager book. I did try to read... Um, what was the name? The House Across the Lake, which came out this year, but I didn't finish it. 
So for now, just this one is the one I finished. This book also, again, we're dealing with haunted houses. Oh, this might be my favorite trope. Like, I don't know, no, ghost stories, but like ghost stories usually involve a haunted house, you know, but ghosts like putting, pulling to gothic and this one, and I think it has a little bit of gothic in here, but it's, it's all, another thing. Cause this one is the type of story, like, uh, something happened 25 years ago when Maggie and her parents were living in a Victorian estate in the woods and they fled in the night. I know that I think this, oh, and then the, her father wrote a book about their experience in the house. I love this, it's so meta. And the book was called House of Horrors. But uh, this book also plays a little bit with this, I think it was Amityville, something like that. I'm not really, I know things when I see people saying that they look like something, but I have not a lot of experience with horror movies as you might have learned from the other spooky reads episode because i am too scared sometimes to see things anyways uh this book is also really good it's very easy to read like <laughs> it was a book i thought it was going to be super creepy but i wasn't scared at all but there were some creepy scenes involving an armoire those things that that those scenes were really creepy and this book has the maggie the daughter narrating from the present because her father died he left her the house you know the drill the gothic blood and the other point of view is actually the book her father wrote about what they lived when they were living at the house like 20 something years ago and this is so good like because maggie remembers things in a way and the book tells them in a different way and i know of course different perspectives but uh, she's like, no way those things were real. Like, no way we lived through that. Like, her, 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 her father's book is clearly, I think, like, paranormal. Like, saying that it was paranormal, something like that. That there was some weird stuff going on. And she remembers it so different. But maybe she just doesn't remember things right. You know, it plays with this thing like, the, can you rely on your memory? something like that and it works really well i just didn't enjoy that much of the ending of this book that's why i gave it a four star but it is a very solid read i enjoyed it it was a compelling read so the readability is really great uh the fourth book i'm going to recommend and this one god i cannot wait for when i can read this one again I don't know when it's gonna be, you know, it's just a feeling because I remember how good it felt to read this book. And it is Imaginary Friend by Stephen Kabowski, uh, the author of The Perks of Being a Wildflower. And it actually took him like, I don't know, 10 years to come up with this book. Like he took his sweet time, but I ain't complaining because this book is so good. And my edition, I borrowed this book from the library, so I read a physical copy. It was 900 pages. I mean, that is a thing. That is a thing, you know, that is a tome. And it was so good. Like, for you to write a tome that is entirely good, like, I wouldn't take off anything from this book. Anything. It's a five-star and a favorite, a perfection book. And, for example, this book is, it reminds me a lot of 
Stephen King's writing, the Stephen Kibaski mentions in the acknowledgments that he was very inspired by the writings of Stephen King during the 80s, you know, with children stuff. And it's a very common motive, actually, in King's fiction to put children in children's perspective and the horrors that children witness and how children view things different than adults. I love this concept, by the way. And I just think that he he did like the the problem for some of the King's novels that I've read that I really enjoyed is that the ending sucks. For example, it is a almost perfect book, but I am not gonna get into detail details about that ending because emotionally scarred for life. But and I know, I know all the context. You don't have to tell me it was the 80s. He wrote that when he was under the influence of drugs, whatever. But I just want to say that this proof, this is this book is proof that a person can write something right now that is set in the 80s, that it's original, it has its own voice, and it's a tome. Because when you're talking about tomes, it could be horror or not, it could be any type of book but it when it really is a tome like over 500 pages over 600 pages like my edition was 900 but i know that some editions are 800 or 700 depending on the format but it really is a work of a lot of words and when you manage to write something like that and keep your reader interested throughout the whole experience i clap for you because that is really an achievement and not every writer can do that you know you can read a lot of different types of stones like historical fiction or literary fiction or just like i don't know science fiction or horror even and you're like oh this could have been cut off a little bit you know it's too it's too big it's too it goes off it does a lot of digressions this book is not this book is so perfect and it's so creepy it's so creepy it's it's a story about a boy, Christopher, who goes missing for six days in the woods behind his behind his house, and what happened there will change not only him but the whole town. And it has a lot of this Stephen King stuff, like a million characters, you know, characters who only show up for like a page or a scene, but they make up this whole of a town, this small town concept, and. You don't know what happened to him during those six days. And then you go seeing things happen in the town. And oh my God. And there are, and like this concept of the imaginary friend was so frightening, to be honest. And sometimes you're just like, it's just a child talking to their imaginary friend. But like, I was creeped out by that, you know? And it was a story that kept me on the edge of my seat throughout the entire book. And I was reading like a physical copy, so I would be spending like those, I don't know, I, I remember that I did some sprints to read this book because I, I needed to get through it and it was too many pages. So there was a couple of days that I made like sprints, like three hours, you know, I, I would use uh, Pomodoro and sprints to do this reading. And I was like, oh my God, this is so good. So like three hours will go by and I was still in the same level of hype when I started reading. And... It's just, I think it's a book that you don't have to worry about the size. You know, you shouldn't be intimidated for the size of this book because it's just so good. It really, it doesn't feel like you're reading such a big book. And it was a favorite for me. Like I said, I cannot 
wait like one day i don't have a plan for this but one day i'm going to reread this book and i know it will be awesome and i know that this story like this story it's been a year since i read it i read it in september of last year and i still hold close to me the feeling of the story and it's just so good i recommend it so much and like i said five stars and a favorite oh god so good so good and next finally the final book for today's episode is a uh, diary of blood by s jacobs and um this book i actually read when it first came out as an independent published book uh in january 2021 but now it has just come out and uh i think it was by red hook the publisher's name uh now this october 4th and so yeah now we have um a hardcover edition it's so gorgeous i think that previous edition is actually sold out like you can never find it again and some people really are bummed and me included because the cover is gorgeous i'm like i'm never gonna own that but it's okay whatever it's fine so this is a book about it's a paranormal book it's about vampires it's about uh the wives of dracula more specifically the first wife he had and she's kind of telling the story of her relationship with him and the other lovers that he takes up on and it's sort of like it's, it's sort of not it's very about abusive relationships you know and also i need to mention two things about this book that are sublime to say the least because when you talk about vampires it's a it's a team topic creature that has changed a lot throughout uh, the years and i really love that vampires are actually in again you know <laughs> it's i feel so blessed to be living in a time where vampires are cool again And so I just really enjoy how vampires are back and how vampires are like more sexy and queer than ever because this is really the essence of what being a vampire is. In some books like you know what? I'm kidding. Uh Twilight for example. I I like Twilight. You know, I prefer the movies actually, but I like Twilight. But I feel frustrated that sort the vampire in Twilight is a clean vampire. You take you take the sexiness you take I mean you take the sexiness slash the sex because that's a vital part of being a vampire and you take also the queerness because there's nothing queer there and I'm sorry vampires are queer I don't make the rules vampires are queer <laughs> and you also sort of take take the blood as well because you know even if you weren't writing a story where the character becomes a vampire but just stays in a relationship and like sort of feeds the vampire i don't know i don't know if i've read something like that but you could write something like that there's nothing of that in in twilight i don't know but i you get what i'm saying recently like over the last 15 to 10 years vampires were made into this more clean versions of themselves and now we're seeing a resurgence of vampires going back to their origins and we have we've had a lot of vampires vampire books 
really good vampire books. This is a great vampire book, and it's queer and it's sexy. Uh, the Fell of Dark by Caleb Roerig. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I, I think I recommended that on my queer books episode because it's queer as hell as well. <laughs> and it's also super sexy. It has a threesome. Again, vampires. Uh, you have The Empire of the Vampire by Jay Kristoff. I know I didn't like that book, but I can admit it that it was sexy as hell. And also this morally gray slash villainous side of vampires. You know, we're getting an adaptation of Interview with a Vampire as a TV series that is super queer. We're loving it. It's so queer. God, I needed that in my life. And also that one features a Louis that is actually played by a black man. And all the many, the many things, the many layers that this adds to the story, to the relationship of Louis and Lestat is just so good. I cannot. In fact, um, I'm getting, losing, losing, I'm losing a little bit of the train of thought in here. Bear with me, you know how I am. But uh, with Interview of the Vampire, actually, I started to read that in 2020. I had seen the movie many, many times. And I mean, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. But there's one thing that could have made that movie the best movie ever made. And that would have been if Brad Pitt and, and Tom Cruise had kissed. Again, I don't make the rules. Vampires are queer. Anyways, but it's a great movie. It's a great adaptation, even if it takes out the whole queer thing. But it's implied, I mean, two dads and a daughter. But I did start to read the book back in 2020. And for reasons that are beyond my control and my explanations, I didn't finish. But I've been in such a vampire mood recently that I'm thinking about picking it up again and, and actually, you know, rereading what I read and going to the end because that was... One hell of a good book. And damn, this episode is going to have to be explicit because I I have been cursing a lot here. See what this see what this thing does to me. Vampires bring out the best in me. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to A Diary of Blood. So, it's a masterpiece. It's it's so good to to read something, you know, because it's been a long time since I read it. I read it in January. And actually, again, another book that I'm recommending and in my mind, I'm like, ooh, I need to reread this. But anyways, um, it's so visceral, the suffocation and fear the characters feel to live in the shadow of their oppressor and a constant cycle of abuse. And it's also something that I've been thinking a lot when you read a story about a vampire who turns the person into a vampire as well and they you know have this relationship they are lovers but that's a very strong power dynamic because this person actually killed the other person so they murdered the other person and it actually make they're the maker of the other person and they're the lover of the other person and usually since they're older depending on the time like maybe the vampire is like 300 years old and just turned so they're much much more um experienced i don't know the word but like they teach the other person how to be a vampire so it's a very huge power dynamic it's an imbalance of power you know and since i started to think about that like i kind of shifted the way i look at every vampire relationship vampire human relationship or vampire and new vampire relationship and that's so there's so many layers there's so much to explore in that type of dynamic and uh, the book is told in 
uh, letters that this main character, Constanta, which is the wife of one of the wives of Dracula, is writing to him. And he's never addressed, like he's never named throughout the book. So it's constantly addressed as you. And again, another thing that I love is these books that are written in second person. Uh, for example, The Push is written like that. I feel that becomes so unsettling. And also in the case of like this, it's sort of like a... You can, you can feel the anger that it's being directed to the person who would read the letter. So, for example, let me quote one, one quote that it's super good. I loved you too much, my lord. I craved you like maidens crave the grave, the way death burns for human touch. Inconsolably, unrelentingly, aching for the annihilation in your kiss. I had no practice saying no to you. So good. The writing in this is the most beautiful thing. It's so good. Let me read another quote. Love is violence, my darling. It is a thunderstorm that tears apart your world. More often than not, love ends in tragedy. But we loving in the hopes that this time it will be different. This time the beloved will understand us. They will not try to flee from our embrace or become discontent with us. Love makes monsters of us, and not everyone is cut out for monstrosity. Oh my god. Okay, one more quote, and then I'm done with the quotes. What is more lovely, after all, than a monster undone with want? And I feel like this quote sums up everything that I've been trying to say about the vampires and this new resurgence of vampires and fiction specifically. That you have so this desire, this longing, this obsession even. And, you know, it's creatures that are driven by the hunt, by fulfilling their impulses, by sating their hunger and also their sexual impulses. And, and that's what makes this so attracting, so compelling to read about this and give this story so much layers and depth. And I just get so excited about this. And it's, it's a novella, actually, as a matter of fact. It's, a, it's a, I think, around... I don't know how much the... The current edition is, but the, the the edition that I read, which came out in 2021, was like 240 pages, so it's very short. And it's proof once again about how you can say so much by writing so little. Like every word has meaning in the sentences. Everything feels very thought through and just mastery. Really, I just. I just loved everything about this book. It's like, it's so short. It's such a short story that, that conveys so much power. And it's a story that spans centuries. And I love the rhythm. I love the pace of the narrative. Again, I love the, represent, or the representation. The main character is a bisexual woman. And there are polyamorous relationships. Yes, it is. And not all of these. Um, relationships are like driven by sex I mean there are sex scenes but like 
you can really see the foundations and dynamics of the relationships between each character to each other branch out from more than just sex. And that was incredible. This is a very strong point about the book, actually, the polyamorous relationships. Like this, I don't know how to recommend this book more than just saying like it's about vampires. It's about abusive relationships. It's queer as fuck and it's polyamorous and, you know, this deconstructs monogamy. And I don't know, man. I don't know. This is just perfect. The ending was sublime. This book was a whole cultural reset. Like, I just... A favorite, a five star. It's a book that I recommend. Like, if the person gets even the slightest inclination to pick this up, then please do pick this up. Like, if you like vampires, just pick this up now. If you like, if you are queer, or if you like reading about queer, just pick this up now. If you just like reading books, maybe you should just pick this up now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna calm down. But really, it's just such a good book. Such a good book. There, there's nothing else to say. It's just one of the best books I've read. And now that I've said all of these stuff, I'm actually, I, I've hyped myself to reread this book. So we'll see. We'll see if I manage to do that. But the feeling is here. The feeling is here. And oh, I remember how I enjoyed reading this. It was so good. Anyways, so this is it. Those are my five recommendations of Spooky Reads Adult Edition. And I hope you like these recommendations. I hope they resonate with you. I hope you may, I made you want to read at least one of these books. And if you have books that are similar, like the ones I just said, and want to recommend them to me, then I will be very happy to receive those recommendations as well. And if you've listened this far, thank you so much for bearing with my craziness outburst of excitement towards vampires, mostly. <laughs> Just horror, but mostly vampires. You know, vampires are a topic that get me going for hours. But thank you so much, and we'll meet again. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.